You're listening to the Conversational Selling Podcast with Nancy Calabrese. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Conversational Selling. It's the podcast where sales leaders and business experts share what's going on in sales and marketing today, and it all starts with the human conversation. I'm your host, Nancy Calabrese, and I am beyond excited to welcome Larry Levine, author of the best-selling book, Selling from the Heart, also the co-founder of Social Sales Academy, a sales coach and practitioner, a keynote speaker, and co-host of the Selling from the Heart podcast series. Larry, welcome to the show. I know you're going to be a lot of fun. And by the way, there sure is a lot of heart in what you do. Oh, well, thanks. I've, I look for, I've been looking forward to this conversation, Nancy. So it's an honor. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. And, you know, I, obviously I have to start with the word heart. Where did this come from? What originated selling with a heart or from the heart? And why is it so important in sales? Um. I, I'm gonna, I'm if it's okay, I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you and and your listeners just down a little quick journey, and and I think you'll you'll understand why I bring the heart to the forefront in sales. So, um, I grew up in a I grew up in a household that had all sisters, and a vast majority of my cousins were female. I okay. had an I had an overly protective Jewish mom, and I grew up in a Jewish household, and I'll leave it at that. For all your listeners, you're probably <laughs> conjuring up in your mind right now, all of us from the East Coast, right? <laughs> but my dad, my dad traveled a lot. And I was raised a lot by my by mom and hanging out with my sisters. And I always tell people, Nancy, I'm probably, and I'm comfortable in my own skin, but I always tell people I'm probably more female in a male's body than male in a male's body. And that's okay. But that transferred really well to sales. And I grew up in a really how chaotic. So? How so? Um, because it's that nurturing, loving, caring aspect that I got from my mom that I carried over into sales because I I spent my whole entire sales career in one sales channel. I, I grew up in the office technology channel. So yes, I sold copiers and software my whole life through that channel. But there's something that I took away from how I was raised and I started to see it in the sales channel that I spent a lot of time in. It's this that they were full of broken promises and busted dreams. There was high sales rep turnover. Yeah. And customers were just leaving, scratching their head, going, what is going on? And I was really cognizant of my surroundings. And I started to ask, as I developed a little customer base, I started to ask my customers, what do you like? What do you don't like about salespeople? And I and I learned something along the way, Nancy, that the laundry list of things they didn't like far outweighed what they liked. But there's one thing that came across more and more and more as I started to ask. And it was this. I just want somebody to care about me, listen to me, and help me do better business in its simplest format. I go, nothing rocket science about that. And I just delivered it. I just did things completely polar opposite. And I brought emotions to the forefront, something that a lot of salespeople don't do or they fail to do with consistency. And I always said this is the more comfortable I made somebody feel, 
the more comfortable they were in their conversation and are willing to share things that are uncomfortable going on in their business. And I always said I wasn't the smartest sales guy out there. There was people that would outsell me, outstrategize me, outwit me, right? Kind of ripping things off from Survivor. But you get the point. But I said there was nobody that was going to outcare me. And I cared more about my clients in my marketplace than anybody else in sales in my marketplace. Yeah, but didn't it also make your job more fun and less uh, stressed in this role? Yeah, it 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 did because I, you know, something that and I was I was harder on myself and still to this day I am as well. But I was harder on myself than anybody else was. I held myself to a higher degree of standard. But there's mm-hmm. one thing that that I I became really cognizant of is that perceptions reality. And I was really keenly aware of how salespeople were perceived in the marketplace. And I mm-hmm. wanted to change people's perception. And I'm a big believer that that's why I, I, I achieved the level of success. And I'm not here to brag about what I did is just that I brought caring, respect, heart, sincerity, appreciation to the forefront in, a, in, a, in an environment where most people weren't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big believer in authenticity. I know you open up your book with that first chapter about it. Can you just go into it in a little detail, share with the audience the, the uh, content in or the gist of the first chapter? Yeah, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a massive, massive believer that authenticity is a lifestyle. I think authenticity is ingrained in all of us. But it, I would like to just share some. I don't have a Ph.D., Nancy, in mm-hmm. psychology, human behavior. I didn't do deep strategic research when I wrote Selling from the Heart. It was, br- me, it was bringing me to life. Mm-hmm. But I did earn a Ph.D. from getting the you-know-what kicked out of me in sales <laughs> for almost three decades. And I, and I share that because um, I would say authenticity is a lifestyle. It's not a light switch. And when I brought selling from the heart to life, I, I wrote it in a way that said, Hey, if you can't do the inner heart work, H E A R T, the heart work, it becomes yeah. difficult to do the harder work. And The first couple chapters, actually the first three plus chapters of Selling from the Heart is all about self-reflection, self-awareness, really getting in tune with who you are. Because here's what's interesting. And and, um, on our Selling from the Heart podcast, we always ask people, you know, what's it mean to you to sell from the heart when guests come on our podcast? And Mm -hmm. I remember this as plain as day, Nancy, and I think this helps you know, encapsulate why I wrote the chapters the way I did is we had a guest on the podcast that said, you know what? It's hard to sell from the heart if your heart is broken. Or if your heart isn't into it. That's right. Or your heart's not into it. And unfortunately in sales, there's so many people that are just going through the motions. Yep. And sales is emotional. I know it is right. I've lived through it, but I learned how to get comfortable in my own skin and who I was and what made me tick. Yep. And I said, you know what? There wasn't, 
I was on so many dysfunctional sales teams with so many dysfunctional managers and all the coaching and all the training and everything was centered around product knowledge, company knowledge, how to piece a deal together knowledge. And I'm keeping it simple, you know, but I think yeah. people get where I'm going with this. I can't remember one time in my past that any manager ever said, Hey, Larry, how can I help you become the best version of yourself? Yeah. And that's why I wrote the beginning of Selling from the Heart that way. Yeah. I also read um, in, in one of your posts, you state, you know, can you imagine a professional athlete operating with a sales rep's mindset? And I, I want to take this to, I meet so many sales professionals um, and speak with so many business owners that won't invest in themselves and or their team for training and coaching. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> I always say this as if, and I'll, I'll, I'll I'm going to say it. If you fail to <laughs> invest, you'll never be able to collect. And I, yeah. and I, and I, and I share this, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty direct when I say it, but in a professional way is if we fit, if at a leadership level, and I'll even throw Nancy in at a management level, is if we fail to invest in our sales team in consistent, small, bite-sized chunks of coaching, mm -hmm. you will never be able to collect and reap the benefits that your sales team has. And, and, and here's what frightens me to death more than anything else is how many times I've been on calls with leaders or sales managers, right? And I go, you know, I get what you're saying, Larry, but you know, this team isn't worth investing in. I go, well, that's not my issue. That's your issue, right? Why'd you hire them? <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. But, but it, it, you know, I'll take this one step farther is if, if we fail to invest in ourselves, first and foremost, we'll never be able to collect. And given what we've all been going through, you know, throughout most of 2020, this is the time where I'm going to urge leaders, leaders of sales teams and salespeople to double down and invest in themselves. Because if you can't invest in yourself, how can your clients, your marketplace and your prospects invest in you if you're not willing to invest in yourself? Right. So what would your suggestions be if somebody's going to listen when somebody listens to this and they say, wow, this guy really has it right. What would be some steps they could take uh, to invest in themselves? Uh, read. Right. I always, mm -hmm. It's you know, I always tell people if you want to earn more, you got to learn more. Right. Yeah. Read. Listen to podcasts. Um, there's. Gosh, there's endless, endless, endless webinars being produced right now. Mm -hmm. uh, he, and here's when I, I always tell people this. I go, heck, if you want to earn a PhD in knowledge and improve what you do, hang out with your customers. Hang out with your yeah. clients, right? You, pick the brain of an executive decision maker. Pick the brain of a mid-level decision maker. Um, create your own mastermind group and hold each other accountable. There's so many countless ways to learn these days. There really should be an excuse why you can't learn. It's there at your fingertips. It's called Google. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yep. And YouTube too. Yeah. And, but Google, definitely. I'm, it's always my go-to, always. And, you know, I, you had mentioned, I think, in your introduction or uh, chapter that you got into sales pre-internet. Is that correct? Yeah, now I'm dating myself, Nancy. 
No, I could I could date you even even I could date myself even further. But the reason I'm bringing that up is the tools that are available to all of us sales professionals give us no excuse for not investing in ourselves. No, you don't even you, have, you know you, you find it online. Yeah, you see, you you bring it. You bring up a great point. I I write about it in selling from the heart of having a no excuse mentality. Yeah. Is, you know, so, I mean, it's just the time how Nancy, you and I were raised, right? When I got into sales, the internet was, it was probably thought of, but it wasn't anywhere near what it is today, right? Computers yeah. were just barely new. I didn't have my first, I didn't use my first computer till probably the somewhere towards the early 90s, like 92-ish, 93-ish, it didn't become a staple until 94 with me. Oh, do you remember how horrified you were? Like, what? Oh, I have to it, figure this out? Holy no, it, cow. Yeah. So, a, file, so, a file? Internet Explorer? What is all this stuff? <laughs> but, there's, but there's something to be said for adaptability and you have to adopt and so forth. And that's why I tell people today, right? Mm -hmm. We're adaptable. You can adopt to things. And the only reason why I know it is look at the advent of, of the computer, right? Look at the advent of the phone. We all adapt, right? It's our mindset. It's our willingness to learn these things. So if we, if we, I, I think the reason why, and I'm not here to make a generational comment, you know, and, and say it's one generation versus another, because we can all learn from each other. But in the generations that we grew up in, it was phone and face to face, and that was it. The distractions of today just didn't exist, right? Correct. Yeah. So if I wanted to do research on your company or so forth, I had to make a concerted effort, and I had to go to the library, right? right. And now today, the library is Google. But it was those phone conversations and those face to face conversations that allowed us and fostered relationship building. And yeah. that became the core foundation. And I, one of my favorite books that I read, even in you know, my younger days, was Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. And the whole premise, and that book is forever. I, I mean, that book will stand the test of time. And now that book, you know, is, is well past 80 years old. And if yeah. Dale Carnegie was alive and well, and he was listening in on our conversation, he would laugh his backside off because of how much truths in that book. And that book was written in the late thirties. And it's yeah. all about the premise of building relationships and changing the way people think. Yeah. That, to me, that's the core foundation in sales is building relationships and changing the way people think. It's just now today, there's just so many different tools to accomplish that. Yeah. You know, I, I really want to talk about your social sales academy, but there was another quote you posted somewhere in your vast wealth of material, successful sales professionals don't monkey around, they use the phone. And that is near and dear to me. So can you expand on that? Yeah, I was, um, you know, there, there's some people they're going to say, uh, you can't use a phone, nobody answers the phone. Well, to quote my dear good friend, Jeb Blunt, who wrote Fanatical Prospecting, yeah. Jeb goes, nobody answers a phone that doesn't ring. <laughs> right? So true. Yeah, that is I, true. I mean, it, it, it's as simple as that. But, but you know, the phone's still a vital aspect, right, of what we do in sales. And, and I remember this. I was petrified 
Nancy to use the phone as a sales guy. Absolutely yeah. horrifically petrified well into my career. I had to get, I had to go through coaching to coach me out of being so scared. Yeah. But I, I think but today, yeah, but you did it, but I did, but I did it. People may not answer the phone at the rate they used to, but to yeah. me, there's, there's, there's different ways of using the phone, right? It could be a desk phone, which now, you know, it's all, a lot of it's mobile, right? Yeah. But we can still, you can, the connect rate to getting somebody on the phone may not be what it used to be. But I always share with people this is if, if you stink on the phone, you're going to stink through other mediums of conversation anyway. Yeah. And now look, and now look at where, where we're at today. Um, because before we hopped on and, and you kicked off our time together, we were talking about how you communicate in this world we are today. And you brought up tonality and things like that. Yeah. It's the same thing today, whether that be the phone, whether that be a video call, whether that be any kind of video platform, you're still communicating. I may not, I may not call Nancy and Nancy may not pick up her phone, but I can coordinate a video call with her, right? Yep. So I, I, I think that um, there's no excuse why or when, why you do or don't use the phone. You just got to use the phone. And sometimes it may, may be the fastest way to get to somebody. Think about this, right? How many people hide behind email and they send somebody an email 20 times to see if they can coordinate a call? I go, have you ever thought about picking up the phone and just calling? <laughs> I do the same. Right? <laughs> I get it. I get it. it. I don't and, understand. And, and, and it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing now. Texting going back and forth. I just like put an end to it, pick up the phone and just call the person. Or the same when the thing goes back and forth via email. The phone does work. It's the mental approach to it. Yep. It's, uh, it, you know, I think that's key to relationship building. Written uh, words don't necessarily com convey emotion and or convey the right emotion. So connecting over the phone and having that conversation is important. Hey, talk about Social Sales Academy. When was that developed and what is that about? So, <laughs> boy, I haven't talked about this in a while. When I, so in 20, so to take everyone back before selling from the heart is what it is right now. Mm -hmm. I stemmed out of the copier channel. So I'm going to, I'm going to take everyone on a really quick journey, but I'll speed this up for time's sake. At 50 years old, I was relieved of my duties as a corporate major account sales rep. Never that happened before, ever, right? Yeah. So I found myself without a job at 50 years old, spending my whole entire career in one sales channel. And I remember crying for days going, okay, well, what am I going to do and so forth? And obviously, I got a great supportive wife and Daryl Amy, who's near and dear to me as my podcast partner. I've known Daryl for a long time. He goes, you know something, Larry? You got to go out. You got to coach sales reps on what you did in the office technology channel as you built out your brand and how you leveraged the power of social selling to grow your business in a really chaotic, commoditized, highly competitive sales channel like the office technology channel. So I said, interesting. I flipped the script and, I, and we came up with the name Social Sales Academy. Well, that that's kind of taken a back burner to selling from the heart. And we've kind of merged them together, Nancy. But there okay. was... But... It, but 
um, cause not too many people know this. So for about a year, year and a half, I went, I traveled around the U S Canada and parts of Australia. And I was coaching office technology reps on how to integrate the power of social selling into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And something happened along the way. It was about a year, year and a half into it. I said, you know what? There's a bigger picture out there. I'm starting to uncover things that are a lot more than teaching sales reps, social selling. It's an, it's an absolute, I think it's a, it's a, it's a tool that could help elevate the sales profession, but this is what was happening. Social selling was shining a big shiny light on the sales world saying, Hey, salespeople, you can do a whole lot better than you're doing. You're struggling to clearly articulate value. You have low business conversation skills. Your business acumen's below par. You're poorly connected to your customers. You're poorly positioned online, but yet you all want to learn about social selling. What happens if I flip the script? And I flip the script and I help sales reps clearly articulate their value, raise their business acumen, feel good about themselves. And thus selling from the heart was born through the podcast, Nancy. And then, and then the book came out uh, a year and eight, nine months ago. And then I decided at that point that I'm going to take the whole concepts around social and integrate it with selling from the heart and deliver something that's unique out in the sales world, because I'm not here to disrespect anybody who coaches people on social selling. But when that's all you do, it becomes diluted with everybody and their mother who's out there talking about social selling. Yeah, it's an it's an extremely great tool to use. But when I brought selling from the heart to the forefront, I said, you know what? I'm going to help sales reps become the best version of themselves. They're going to learn how to authentically build themselves up on social. They're going to learn how to authentically connect, how to authentically sell, and how to authentically manage their customers through selling from the heart. And we're going to integrate social into it. So that's why we primarily just run, obviously, and we built out a really great brand around selling from the heart. Um. It makes a lot of sense. I, I believe in having multiple channels of outreach. And yep. so social media is good for branding and um, getting interest and, you know, developing some really good opportunities. But nothing to me will replace the need for being authentic and being able to exchange conversations and develop new relationships for the right reasons. No, I, I, can I, I just got to say, I got a layer on top of that if I can. And I, and I think you you bring, you bring up a key point because there's multiple channels to communicate in, but there's one thing that, and here's, and I think it's more of a mindset issue than anything else is I always, I love asking people, Nancy, do first impressions matter? And everybody says, well, of course, I know first impressions matter, Nancy, because you know, that's how you and I connected. Now, obviously we connected through a mutual friend, but you right. did your due diligence on me. I know something about you, right? And and we formed an opinion of each other really quick. Now, if we made a horrible first impression, you and I aren't on, on your podcast. And I think you would right. agree with me on that. So if we look at the world that we live in today, we it, it's almost hybrid in nature. We got to take the best of what's worked in sales forever and a day. Mm-hmm. We have to integrate that in with 
some more modern ways of doing things. But the issue is, is there's too many people out there saying, no, it's this way. No, it's that way. Do this. No, do that. And there's a lot of pontification out there, which is just confused many in sales. Yeah. I take the step back and just say, Hey, you know what? It all starts with ourselves. And what was real, what was really interesting. And I, in, um, I see this becoming more and more apparent right now. We had a guest recently on our podcast and um, this guest, uh, he wrote the challenger sales. So we had, we, we had the fortunate experience of interviewing Brent Adamson who co-authored the challenger sale and inside Gartner, they do executive level research, right? Sales and marketing mm-hmm. research on, on large corporations. And what was really interesting is we talked about the concepts of selling from the heart and how it integrates into the challenger sale and what we spoke about and spoke about, and I start seeing this is a lot of salespeople right now are struggling to engage in business level conversations because some of them lack confidence, lack believability and lack Mm self-worth. And if we, and that's why I bring this to the forefront and say, Hey, you know what? Everything starts with us. It's yep. doing inner work. And if you feel comfortable, if you're confident, right, you believe in your message, you drive great business conversations with high levels of business acumen, people yep. will take notice of that in two seconds. But I, I always say, as I say, we sometimes we, we, we focus on shiny objects and sales and the shiny object we all should be chasing is the shiny object that's looking at us when we stare at ourselves in the mirror. And that's the hard work. And that's just, you know, core foundational stuff that we must do in sales and then integrate it in with some more modern ways of doing things. Well, you know, we could go on forever and I hope (laughs) to continue this. (laughs) I definitely uh, I know my listeners are finding this interesting. What, What is the one takeaway you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, Can I share a quick story? Do we have time to share a quick story? Yeah. So here's something I'd like it. This was told to me by when it was told to me, she wasn't my mother-in-law at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll be happily married 28 years um, on August of 11th. Okay. So I remember I'm going to take your listeners back, but this is when I was dating my wife. Now my wife's side of the family, my, my now I'm going to call her my mother-in-law, but my mother-in-law is from Oklahoma. I mean, my okay. mother-in-law's from Mississippi. My father-in-law's from Oklahoma. Okay. She gave me the best life lesson ever in my beginning of my sales career. There's, I'd love to share the quick story because I think it plays out in sales today. And okay. still to this day, she calls me boy with her Southern <laughs> accent, right? She says, and she, I, I remember this as plain as day. So now I'm taking everyone back probably almost 30 years ago, Okay. And we're all sitting around the dinner table and she knew it was kind of getting serious between her daughter and myself. And I remember her telling me this, Nancy, and I'm not going to do a Southern accent because I just can't do it justice. Okay. He goes, boy, if you can't do the little things right, how are you going to do the big things right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then furthermore, um, she says, Larry, don't half ass do anything in your career. Yep. Those two things stuck with me like glue. 
And if we bring this to the forefront, by the way, I I loved hanging out with you. Thank you for having me on your on your podcast, Nancy. But what I what I'd like to leave the listeners with is this: if you can't do the little things right with consistency, with discipline, with determination, how are you going to do the big things right? And when you all chase the shiny objects, you're half-assing your job. Wow. Could have come out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nancy, I told you before before we decided to record this, you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. I love it. I love it. So how do my (laughs) listeners find you? Uh, They they can find me uh, at sellingfromtheheart.net. They can find the Selling from the Heart podcast on whatever favorite podcast app they choose to listen to podcasts on. You can find me all over LinkedIn at Larry Levine 1992. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Watch out, audience. He's all over the place. Thank you so much, Larry. You're welcome. You are, what you a treat. This could be fun. fun. Uh, easy, easy. So <laughs> until we speak again, everyone, stay safe keep selling. The Conversational Selling Podcast is sponsored by One of a Kind Sales. If you're frustrated that you don't have enough leads or your sales team complains that they just don't have enough time to prospect, we can help. To work with Nancy and her team one-on-one to help you manage your sales team, install her proven outbound sales process, and create more bottom line results, email her now at nancy at oneofakindsales.com. To learn more about Nancy and her outbound sales secrets, grab your free copy of her book, The Inside Sales Solution, at oneofakindsales.com slash book.